When you have that opportunity to engage with someone in a place that they've created a profile and they're coming to to engage with themselves, you have to be there because they can make that initial touch point themselves. It doesn't feel as intrusive as like a phone call or an email or something like that. It's something that they're choosing to engage with. The B2B Marketing Exchange was created with one goal in mind, to help B2B practitioners across marketing and sales be better at their jobs. Now we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. These are the tips and tools you need to succeed. This is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the B2BMX Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Claudia. And I'm really excited for today's episode personally because Claudia is actually one of the speakers on this B2BMX 2020 session featuring a few Killer Content Awards finalists. As many of you know, the program is a big part of not just the event experience, but also a lot of the content that we create for our audience, for our community. So it was great to see two finalists get recognized up on stage, in this case, for their social strategies. Claudia, since you moderated the panel, I'd love for you to share your thoughts on the session itself, the participants, and of course, uh, tee up the episode. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Alicia. This was a really powerful session for me because social media plays such an important role in both our personal and professional lives. I mean, it's key for generating buzz and building communities and even just engaging with your peers, right? Right. But in this like 24-7 news cycle, all this content is getting thrown out on social media. So it's really easy to get lost in the shuffle, right? So this session was really great because we learned how Flexport and Walker Sands, how they're handling their social media outreach and making it a really important part of content activation and engagement. So we talked about how to develop a social strategy, how to diversify the content with videos and GIFs and entertaining tidbits like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, how they're both measuring them. So I got to chat with Courtney Beasley of Walker Sands and Linda Beaton when, with Flexport. So it was, a, it was an interesting conversation and I hope everyone enjoys it. So sit back, relax and uh, check it out. This is my favorite topic. Um, I'll have my phone on me. I'm a millennial. We just discussed this. We like our phones, so all my questions are right here. Um, but yeah, so welcome. Uh, welcome to my panelists today. Um, they have really cool Finney trophies already after yesterday's ceremony. Um, but yeah, again, I'm Claudia Tirico. I'm the editor of Demand Gen Report. Um, I am responsible for a majority of the agenda uh, at this year's event, uh, so I hope you all enjoy it. If you didn't, then maybe, I don't know, find me later and, and complain. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, so let's just uh, kick off the conversation. Introduce yourselves, your role um, at your company, and um, then we'll kick it off about all things social. All right, awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Courtney Beasley. I'm the Vice President of Marketing at Walker Sands. Uh, we're a B2B marketing agency for technology companies, uh, headquartered in Chicago with offices in Seattle and San Francisco. And we're hiring like crazy. So if you <laughs> are interested, that's my shameless plug. Um, and uh, kind of interesting from a, an agency standpoint, I'm a, I actually oversee all the growth strategies for the company itself. Uh, so sometimes I'm brought in on client-related things uh, to help if needed. Uh, but really, my true, I am not billable. I truly I work on growing the organization. So it's a little bit of a unique perspective. So, Linda? I'm Linda Beaton, uh, head up content marketing for Flexport, which is a tech-based freight forwarding company that's trying to make the world or the world of global trade easier for everyone. 
Awesome. Linda, let's start with you. So mm -hmm. one of the things that actually came up in our conversation is that your audience is not necessarily really engaged on social media, right? So, and if they are, they're, they're, they're choosing their specific channels, you know. So how did that influence your approach for your integrated social media strategy overall? Um, so it's not so much that they're not engaged, our audience. It's just that uh, it's an age-old industry that's been slow to modernize. So we knew kind of right off the bat that the typical formula that might be employed with other types of companies or other types of industries wasn't going to quite work. We've got uh, audiences that we're reaching that are dealing with all kinds of chaos. We're, so we're focused primarily on logistics managers and and global importers. So the logistics managers, I mean, they're just dealing with chaos every single day, every single minute. And uh, as far as the global importers go, they're dealing with all kinds of complexity. I mean, especially in the past year with you know tariff whiplash. So we knew that we needed to kind of develop content that was really going to. If we're asking for their attention, we needed to have content that was going to be useful that they could actually use and that they would find. Uh, helpful in their day-to-day. -day. Um, so that's how we kind of uh, worked out our strategy. We developed uh, long-form content that was a whole suite of topics, and we would do social media based off of that. So creating snack-sized versions of those that then drove to the content. And we ended up using social primarily as our, our engine to, uh, to feed the content. Awesome. Courtney, you have a little bit of a different perspective. You're largely speaking to B2B marketers, so basically everybody in the audience here. Um, so how does the, uh, you know, everybody's very savvy and all over social media. So how does that influence what you decide to kind of yeah, promote? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, right, I mean, B2B marketers, of course, are on these social platforms, so it's a, an easy thing for us, but it's very similarly, their attention is all over the place. So you have to be very focused in what you're sharing with them, and we have very similarly seen success with longer form thought leadership type approach to uh, to social media, and I mean, we utilize all of the different, well, like four-ish platforms, um, but they all have different audiences, and they all have different goals, and um, things that we're actually like targeting towards for each of them, so we have to create different types of content based on who we're talking to um, throughout all the different platforms. Interesting that you mentioned that, because I really definitely want to talk about the networks. There are always yeah. debates on, you know, what works best, you know, obviously, it obviously, you know, depends on your audience as well. But um, how have you seen the specific trends kind of affect the business and, and your overall social strategy? Sure. Courtney, I'll start with you. OK, cool. Um, yeah, so we uh, the four primary uh, platforms that we're on across the board are LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so based on you know how we look at those things, we use some of them for employer branding. We use some for promoting our thought leadership content. Um, and it's just about obviously having the right message, because they can all obviously, like you can be job searching on LinkedIn just as well as you could potentially be looking for something like thought leadership related on Instagram. So you have to be able to have the message there, but you have to do it in the right type of format. Um, for us, the most successful platforms are LinkedIn and Twitter. By far, I mean, LinkedIn has become a lot better at their granular uh, opportunities as far as being able to target specific audiences. So that's been fantastic. Same thing with Twitter. Um, that's where we have the most engagement. But looking at like our Instagram, we've taken a much more concentrated approach to the type of content we're sharing there. So it's elevated from just posting, you know, one-off photos of you know the teams out at trivia or you know whatever it is that they're doing from a cultural standpoint to showcasing more of our work and how we're invested there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think everything has 
had to kind of evolve because regardless, the B2B and B2C lines are kind of blurring, especially when everybody has those social platforms. And when you have that opportunity to engage with someone in a place that they've created a profile and they're coming to to engage with themselves, you have to be there because they can make that initial touch point themselves. It doesn't feel as intrusive as like a phone call or an email or something like that. It's something that they're choosing to engage with. So we have to kind of show up across the board. Awesome. Linda, let's hear from your perspective. I mean, what yeah. channels and what networks are really working in terms yeah. of social? Um, we really focus on LinkedIn and Twitter. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think, again, it comes back to the industry, right? So for us, because it's pretty complex information in terms of global trade and um, supply chain management, we're relying on LinkedIn because you can, people expect to go deeper there with, with the social, right? Um, for other things, though, like coronavirus outbreak or the tariffs being announced, we needed to be able to um, provide updates out there really quickly. And so for that, we were relying on Twitter. Interesting. Yeah. Courtney, you did mention Instagram, though. And I feel like that's kind of a new platform, especially yeah, for B2B maybe. businesses. I mean, it's really heavy on B2C, and it's yeah. kind of almost e much easier, I mean, I would imagine. So how does that work in a B2B environment? It, from a personal standpoint, it's easier because it's a place that I like to engage, and I think my team as well. So they're like excited to work on Instagram. Um, but from an actual engagement perspective, it's a little bit lower. So we're working on you know getting people there, but there's a whole strategy that has to go around figuring out how to you know get followers, but not just followers. Like you want the right people. Uh, so if especially if we're looking at it from an employer standpoint of like bringing in good talent, it's following those people. It's trying to engage with them. It's trying to learn what is important to them and showcasing that there in a way that they want to interact with. Interesting. All right, Linda, so Flexboard was recognized, you know, for really developing like a consistent and really uh, scalable social media strategy. So how has this journey looked like for the company um, and for your team? Uh, well, it's been kind of an interesting experience. We, the social and content team um, and creative team really formed about a year ago. So uh, there was a lot to build on. Um, it was coinciding, as, as the team was forming, we were also doing a major rebrand um, you know, for the company. So because we're um, a startup, we're um, disrupting an industry, we were looking at what we've seen before in terms of our competitors. And a lot of it was just um, not serving the customers. So again, we're kind of thinking about how do we, how do we create um, thought leadership and social media to support it that would uh, provide the credibility and trust that we needed to create these partnerships with these new customers. So um, we, you know, again, we just goes, goes back to looking at what kind of content would serve the purposes of our, um, of our customer base, of our audiences, and then uh, going from there. And then we started to see that we were actually um, getting engagement because we weren't giving them just vanity pieces or just promoting to promote. You know, um, We started to see some good pickup. For instance, the campaign that we submitted for um, I'm not great with numbers, but uh, I think we had we, we grew our uh, followers by more than 128 um, percent. We uh, built engagement. Um, I want to say 95 percent uh, impressions, 99 percent, and we were seeing that our click-through rates going to the longer-form content. Um, was somewhere like 10x beyond like the Google double double-click standard. Very interesting. That's awesome. Thanks.
Courtney, so your team is constantly releasing thought leadership mm -hmm. content, right? And you know, your KCA nomination really focused on the work you did to amplify uh, research, mm -hmm. right? So, but you did some really fun things. You know, you did s s videos, some gifts, yeah. some really interesting things. So, how does how, what did you learn from that, and how did the audiences kind of? Respond. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we went for a report that we produced as a proprietary uh, data research report on the future of B two B content. Uh, so very kind of meta here, um, <laughs> and we actually found that about seventy percent of. Uh, marketers were planning on creating more video type related content this upcoming year. So this was in 2019, so for, for 2020. Um, and so we obviously wanted to utilize our in-house resources to kind of create those things to enhance the report itself, especially when you're talking about social media and really even like retargeting ads and those kinds of things. I know we're kind of expanding a little bit beyond uh, social in that, but making things as uh, kind of eye-catching as possible is going to be the best way to get people's attention, especially when you're producing something like a thought leadership piece and especially when you have incredible things like data points around what marketers are doing um, and things that are really going to relate to that audience to use in those pieces. So we did some GIFs around the launch of the report. We did a full video with the launch of the report as well. Of course, expensive things to do, but we're seeing the ROI on the back end with all of those pieces that are coming together. Um, we're you know, really starting to see some success there. So. Awesome. Linda, is there, you know, at Flexport, have you guys toyed around with the idea of this kind of snackable, fun content? How does that look there? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, I mentioned before about how we're, you know, our audience for the most part is slow to modernize or whatever. Um, but the reality is audiences are evolving all the time, right? So the current generation will be retiring out. You've got incoming generations that'll have different media habits and expectations. So for sure, we need to explore other ways. And in fact, um, several months ago, we had our first ever user conference, and we did a lot of video around that. There was a sizzle, sizzle video to kick it off, and like an inspiring video to bring the CEO up for his keynote. Um, we did a lot of on-site videos with um, not just testimonials, but just kind of getting people talking about their experiences in the industry. And we're looking at repurposing those for social media as well and, and using them to promote our next event as well. Love that. And when you start to look at, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot this week about the different types of content that a buyer needs and all of the different types of people that we're talking to from a B2B buyer perspective, you're going to get people at the top of the funnel who are CMOs who just want to watch something really quick. Or you're going to get like the same type of person who actually wants to read something in long form. So truly, you have to be creating those things in multimedia fashion so that you are sure. generating the, the attraction that you need. Yeah. Interesting. So let's talk about um, the fact of using social media as a way to kind of around employee activation. You know, you had mentioned that, Courtney. So you want to ensure that employees are kind of engaging um, their networks the same way your brand is. So how does that, what does that look like from a, from a strategy kind of point of view? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I can start that one. Uh, yeah, so employee engagement on social media is important to us in a few ways. We actually use Bamboo, which is a, an arm of Sprout Social. Um, that is a, a platform that we can actually share all of the news that's happening. We do it for our client-related news because we're generating a lot of that news, but then we do it for company-related news as well. Um, but even beyond that, just making it as simple as possible for somebody to share what it is that you're trying to get the message out for, craft every tweet and post for them, give them all of the images, make it very packaged, 
and something that feels like it's coming from someone's voice. Uh, is, you know, the, eliminating those barriers to entry are just going to help to, to get that promoted. And if you consider your workforce and the people who are bought into what it is that you do, you know, there's a little bit of that rule of reciprocity too. So they're actually putting things out there and they start to actually care more about what it is that they're doing. So there's kind of this built camaraderie and the fact that they're sharing and engaging with things on your own social platforms. Um, so yeah, we, we see a lot of benefit in being able to reach out to our networks, especially when it comes to like hiring for, for new positions um, or announcing something big. Like we also rebranded the company in September. Um, and so huge. I mean, we packaged everything up and that's where you'll actually start to see the this, this shift in our Instagram and a lot of our social posts as well is it started to adapt to the whole new brand and people were super excited to share some of that stuff because we're packaging our work that we've done. And if they've done that work, I mean, how fun to be able to share that on your own platforms. Um, so that's worked well for us. Awesome. Yeah, very similar. Uh, we use Dynamic Signal, and um, when we rolled that out, we did a lot of uh, group training across the company so that people would automatically like be enrolled in these sessions and learn the tool and um, get them excited. So uh, what that allowed us to do was, you know, our um, our social media group would be able to create the content put it out there for them to, uh, they could use it as it was, or they could put it into their own words. And that allowed us to have a really good, consistent brand voice across as they, um, as they amplified. And what was really nice, too, is that people did get really excited about it. I mean, we saw so many more people getting involved with this than would have otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah, we do something very similar um, at Demand Gen Report, G3 Communications, and B2BMX, you know, and any, anything big pops up. You know, it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be this whole, you know, document that you send your all of your employees and like, okay, here's what you have to do. S right. A simple Slack message like, oh, hey, we just launched this really cool ebook. Exactly. Can you guys just promote it on your social channels? Here's a quick tweet. You just make it as easy as possible. So it's always really fun. Yeah, what was nice was when, when you'd go to the tool, you'd see you have a whole menu of things that you could choose to promote, you know, right. and, uh, and in just one place, you just go right to your own account. So it was great. Absolutely. It is great. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but first, Claude, I did want to pause and recap some of the key takeaways because there was a lot that occurred in this conversation so far. Number one, kudos to you on stellar moderation. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Two, I really enjoyed the distinction in strategy for the two companies around how they spoke to their target audiences or target buyers, and also how they use social media to engage and activate their employees. And I feel like, you know, digital is more important than ever now. I mean, we're, we're all kind of navigating a new reality now due to COVID. So digital is essentially all we have, right? It's our key way to connect and engage with each other. It's almost like a way of having that social interaction. Like if we went for a walk with someone or, you know, chatted in the office, but now it's through social. So I think the examples that both Courtney and Linda shared for sharing social content, you know, driving engagement, getting people excited about all of the content that their businesses are creating, you know, it really spoke to the power of social media when you have that foundational strategy of getting your people, you know, activated and, and giving them the right content to share with their communities. It's kind of like that ripple effect. And I think now that's even more critical for B2B organizations. What, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so funny to even talk about this because we're, we're in a time of social distancing, right? But 
social media is really how everyone is connecting with each other, uh, whether it's through friends, family, colleagues, and peers and buyers and all that fun stuff. So it's really all about the message these days. So A, knowing where your audience is, what channels, you know, what social media channels they are actually on, where they're engaging. And then you start with that message. So it's, and it's even more imperative now than ever before, because you really want to meet your audience where they are and kind of understand those personas and, and put yourself in the shoes of the customer in a sense when it comes to your social media strategy, because, you know, you want to be authentic and you want to be empathetic as well. Yeah. And I like that Courtney made that distinction for Instagram specifically, you know, how we're using it personally, but in B2B, the adoption rate hasn't been as quick, but it's still a great platform for them to test and learn. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that now as brands are exploring new ways to reach their buyers. You know, they're testing new mediums, new formats. You all talked about videos, GIFs, you know, fun, snackable content. So I think it's only the beginning of some of the great innovation and great testing and learning that we're going to be seeing. Absolutely. And social is even great for just showcasing the company culture, right? You know, there's include a video, you know, of how everybody's going about their day and spotlighting specific employees and things like that. So it's also, you know, even good for recruitment in a sense. So the rest of the conversation is going to be even better than the first half, I think. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So with that, we're going to take a quick short break. So hang tight and we'll be right back. With the new reality we find ourselves in light of COVID-19, are you looking for inspiration on how you can adapt your messaging and models across multiple channels? With the 2020 Campaign Optimization Series, we'll be showcasing timely and targeted sessions to help you navigate this uncertain time, including topics on how to adapt the right content and messaging, developing scalable direct mail campaigns, and how to create human-to-human engagement in a time of social distancing, plus much more. The week-long virtual event is taking place May 11th through the 15th and will feature everything you need to ensure a successful marketing pivot. Get registered and start building your agenda today by visiting cos.b2bmx.live. That's cos.b2bmx.live. Let's talk about measurement because, I mean, obviously you really can't do much without having to measure it and, and prove that it's working. So, Linda, tell me about yeah. the, me- the measurement strategy, what, what's going on there, how, mm-hmm. do, how do you guys kind of keep track of it all? So, going back to Dynamic Signal, um, you know, when I use it myself as a user, um, within a couple of days I'll get an email that shows me the impact I'm having on our social media. It'll show me how many impressions, how many other people shared from what I, I shared and so forth. And then, you know, if you've got all employees getting all of that, it's all rolling up into one one place so that we're able to see the, the larger picture in terms of the amplification. Um, aside from that, um, you know, we're also, anything that we're promoting that's long form is, of course, tied into Marketo and all of that. So we're seeing the number of downloads. And of course, anything that we're promoting that way, we're using UTM codes to get there. Interesting. Courtney, how about you? Very similar. Um, Kind of everything rolls up into Sprout Social for the most part, and then using a lot of UTM parameters, especially around our campaigns, to make sure things are performing how we want it to. Um, We are getting better at it, though. I think it's one of those things, I mean, social media can be a tough thing to quantify in some of those ways, so it's something that we're always focusing on getting better at. Um, Actually, our team today just put out a blog post. It was very simultaneous. Like, they chatted it to me, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm literally talking about this. It's (laughs) 2.25 p.m. 
about um, measuring social media and not just focusing on vanity metrics. So how to actually look at things like um, engagements and not just clicks. So they're actually landing on a page. What is it that you're actually trying to get them to do? And of course, when you get them there, it has to be optimized in a way that they can do something. So it's not just you know putting out a post that kind of leads to a dead end or just you know a blog post that doesn't have any sort of additional follow-up action. Or if it, there isn't anything on that immediate action, make sure that you're using some type of UTM parameter or tracking mechanism in order to figure out what that person did and what the next action should be so that then you can follow up with a retargeting ad or something else to make it more holistic. Um, so for us, it's one piece of the very big puzzle, um, and we're getting better at kind of the granular tracking of everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to have it all unified in one platform so you can kind of see how everything's working together. The, the other thing that's useful, too, is Meltwater, which is great for measuring sentiment, basically. You can you know, monitor what's happening in the media if someone's you know, trolling you or trashing you or whatever. It's like you can find that pretty quickly, and you can also see the rever you know, the other side of that as well, which is the good stuff. So, that's interesting that you bring that up. So, how do you how do you guys kind of respond to the the trolling and the right. negative kind of comments and things like that that happen through social media? I mean, it's so easy. You know, everybody's yeah. really tough behind that computer. So, yeah. how do you kind of handle that. I, I don't know about for your company, but like we, we definitely get some trolls in the industry <laughs> and um, we, we don't engage. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll just keep resetting what's true, what's factual, but we don't try to take them on. It's just not a good idea. Right. Yeah. Same. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly yeah. The same. And that, I, feel, I feel like, you know, deleting it kind of makes it. Oh, you it can't do it. Oh, you don't, don't, don't yeah. delete it. Don't yeah. No, I mean, you can address it, especially depending on what the topic is. You can't look like you're completely avoiding. Right. We don't get a ton of it. We're really lucky that we don't have a ton of naysayers. Um, but when it does happen, of course, it's always that like emotional moment of like, wait, somebody doesn't like us. And like, <laughs> it's just kind of level setting as a team and making sure that we realize it's not a personal attack. We need to figure out how to message um, to, you know, address this issue and say, we appreciate you either bringing this to our attention or you know whatever it is that, that the issue may be. We just try to actually communicate through it, mm -hmm. not hide from it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And what about, um, does it, when you're measuring, does it, do you kind of scale the different platforms differently? Is mm -hmm. there like a tier thing? Because I mean, I could imagine, you know, Instagram, it's hard because yeah. you don't have easy access, like you're, you're not able to kind of link directly, you know, within the caption and things like that. So do you kind of tier the different platforms and, and how you measure them and how you kind of respond to them? Yeah, uh, from a response perspective, we try to respond equally across the board just so that like we are keeping that engagement alive. If people are commenting on things like, oh, this is great, or we like this, or whatever, it's like we try to get a follow-up um, you know, action from that. It's like, what did you like about it? Or you know, can we start a conversation that can help us to improve in some way from there? Um, but as far as like the goals go, yeah, they definitely mm -hmm. vary for us. Like from an Instagram perspective right now, it's kind of like a, uh, it's a bit of our testing pot. It's like just what's going to happen there is going to be great, and we're going to you know, anything added from that platform is going to be good. Whereas, like, with Twitter and LinkedIn, it's a little bit more specific. And it's, you know, very goal-oriented on what we want to see from a, you know, interaction standpoint and a conversion standpoint because you can include those types of links. So more so from goals than it is from us actually um, producing content or trying to build that conversation or, or relationship. Linda, anything? Yeah, I don't think we tier them at all. I think we, we treat both Twitter and LinkedIn pretty equally, yeah. Awesome. And you both uh, already mentioned a few, you know, platforms and tools that you're sure. using in terms of your social media strategy. Are there any others, or do you want to kind of reiterate what you know what tools are really helping you uh, to kind of move it forward? Sure. 
There's a couple that we use from a creative standpoint. Um, well, one really is Canva. I don't know if everybody uses Canva. I see a lot of heads nodding, which is mm -hmm. great. Uh, it's a free design platform that literally, if you just know your Pantone colors, you can go in there and create something that's going to look relatively good. And they have these all these interactive things that you can do now. And the the paid version is like $12 a month, so it's a really low barrier to entry um, and creating pretty engaging stuff. So that's a tool that we use to help enhance. If we don't have access to our design team, we do have an incredible in-house suite of designers that are client-facing, no one who lives currently on our team. So if we need to do something really quickly, we'll usually use that. Something else that I haven't uh, used personally, but a client of ours is using and, and uh, recently kind of cued me in on it, is Lumen5. I don't know if anybody here has used them, but it's a video creation platform. Um, again, it's, it's a little bit more expensive, actually a lot more expensive, um, than, but still very, I think it's like $2,000 a year. Uh, and you can go on and create uh, different video elements that you can use then across social platforms. And I know some really lean teams that are, are utilizing that. We, again, have not started using that because we haven't needed to yet, but it is something that we're considering as resources get tight and kind of ebb and flow. Awesome. Linda, any specific tools or apps that, that you use? Uh, no, not really. Um, I mean, we, we are, as far as video goes, we're uh, working with Vidyard. Um, but in terms of social media specific, no. Okay. How have your learnings so far kind of influenced strategies moving forward, like anything in the future? What have you learned that is kind of having making you kind of rethink whatever you're doing and kind of up upgrading it for, for, let's say, a few months out. Yeah. I think engagement on LinkedIn has been really surprising to me, um, even from like personal network standpoint. So you talk about an employee engagement perspective. We'll have, if we have like big company announcements, sometimes we'll put them on LinkedIn and on our blog and on, you know, of course, canonicaling appropriately so that the content is living in the right place or, you know, restructuring is needed so that it's the right message for those particular places. But um, if we have like a big company announcement or a big award that we've won or something like that, a lot of times we'll repurpose a blog post into some type of a post for our president or our CEO or or me um, to post and the engagement there is absolutely incredible. And like I was mentioning, I mean, LinkedIn has re uh, released so many other ways that you can interact with their audiences and ways that you can target them. They actually have forms, um, which we are just starting to use ourselves, which I'm really excited about. But basically, you can use like a Zapier and in, in, um, integration to tie to your marketing automation platform. And it's literally just like forms that are like either, you know, you can download resources, of course, but contact forms. And if you can super hyper target those, of course, all of those costs per lead are going to be, um, you know, you know that you're going to be getting really high quality stuff from that. So the cost per lead becomes a little bit less of a focus. So I think I've been really surprised and impressed with what we've been able to do on LinkedIn. And that's where I've really been focused. Interesting. And Linda, how have your you know current learnings so far mm -hmm. influenced your your future strategies? Yeah. Um, well, I think given that we've seen um, there's plenty of appetite with our audiences now for social engagement, um, where I'd like to see us going is um, looking more at Instagram um, and playing more with video in terms of uh, just ch trying a different approach, and then also. Um, something that I've done at another company that I'd like to see uh, at Flexboard is using things like TweetUp, like interactive um, social media type events, um, which can be really great, especially like leading up to if you have an event, a user event or something like that, like having some sort of thought leadership topic. You know, you have a, a big influencer that's going to be the host, and then you just draw people there, and you get kind of like things peppered up in advance of the uh, the actual event. So I'd like to explore that. 
Awesome. All right, final question. Just so everybody has something to tweet using the hashtag B2BMX. There's my little plug. Um, uh, do's and don'ts. Any kind of quick tweetable takeaway for the audience in terms of just social media in general? Okay. Um, remember that you're talking to a human. I think that's like the biggest thing in B2B is sometimes it's like, oh, how do we get all the jargon in 140, which I know it's more now, but like, how do you get it all in, you know, however many characters that you're trying to, to get it, you know, your message across in. It's like just, how would you explain this, you know, to your mom or somebody else who is not necessarily completely aware of what it is that you're doing, or even if they are, it's like, just talk to a person <laughs> and keep that in mind. Try to put yourself in their shoes and how would you want to be communicated to? Because if you, kind of what I said before, social media is a really interesting um, kind of wall break down place because you can interact with people in a way that they're almost coming to you, um, less so than you, know, you kind of showing up in their inbox or in their voicemail. So I think just talk to people. Awesome, that's good. Linda? Uh, don't confuse unhappy customers with trolls. Uh, customers deserve responses, trolls don't, and just kind of rise above it. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Linda and Courtney. Um, thank you all for joining us today. If you do have any additional questions for my panelists, hopefully you'll stick around for, for a few minutes to answer oh, any questions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Alicia, moment of truth. How did I do? Claudia, as if anyone had a doubt, you did fabulously. Um, <laughs> no, but, but seriously, <laughs> it was a great session. You know, I personally, even though I use social media every day of my life, we both do, I still got a few nuggets. So I think it was a great conversation. Yeah, I really enjoyed learning about, you know, how we can repurpose content for social media. Even all of those, you know, quick little tidbits around the different tools that both uh, speakers, both Courtney and Linda were, were using and kind of how they're engaging audiences on different channels. It was, it was really powerful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I actually took some notes around those different platforms and tools. I actually already use Canva and I love it. So I'm so glad that uh, Courtney shared that wisdom with all of our listeners and everyone at the show. And I think, you know, as far as the key takeaways to come from this conversation in particular, obviously we talked about how important digital, specifically social media, is today. But I also think this conversation emphasized the importance of authenticity, really showing not just what your brand stands for, but the people behind your brand, that more human side of the business, I think is becoming increasingly important. But also, I think one of the key things I got out of it personally was don't be afraid to test and learn. I mean, there was reference to so many different formats and you know different ways to slice and dice content, like you just said, Claude. And I think social is the perfect place to test, make some big bets, make some dramatic decisions, because you never know, especially through Instagram, you never know how your audience is going to respond. So especially now, now is an opportune time to uh, take those chances, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to be honest, I mean, we all love LinkedIn. It's, you know, the ideal social media platform for businesses and professionals and things like that. But kind of going beyond LinkedIn, it, now, now is the time to really experiment with different channels as well. So while we do love LinkedIn, let, let's definitely 
definitely expand and experiment and, and see what kind of fun stuff you could do to engage your audiences. Now is definitely the time. Totally. Well, Claude, thanks again so much for uh, joining me today. Great presentation. Again, fantastic conversation. And uh, thanks everyone out there for listening today. If you have any feedback for us, whether it's um, feedback on this particular episode, a topic that you want us to cover, a guest to have on the show, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter at B2BMX. And of course, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, basically wherever you listen to a podcast, we're there. So be sure to subscribe and get those alerts whenever there's a new episode available. As always, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Take care.